Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. You know this, one of the most important things, I'm going to repeat, I'm going to be repeating myself a lot over the next few weeks, all right? Some people, some of the things you heard me say this morning, some people in the room have heard me say it like three or four times already. Um, And because I believe that God has put a word in my heart for the church and to get a word for the church, you've got to... um, You've got to bring that word and just keep ministering it. And, and the reality is that congregations turn over. So some people are always here uh, and other people uh, have come and then other people have come and come. And, and you know, you, different services, different people. So not everyone hears the same, um, the same message many times. But I, I really believe that God has called us to build a presence culture church. Yeah. Uh, and we have to understand that presence is the... It's the very essence, of, it's the cornerstone, it's the foundation of the Christian life. See, presence is what changes, changes everything we do. Changes, it changes how, how you do things. It's um, how you live your life on your own to how you live it with someone else changes, changes your life. Yeah, you, you, you can't live as a single person. Um, when Sharon and I got married... Uh, our life changed. Every, every, all our daily lifestyle habits, all those things changed because um, you, can't, you, you can't live um, the same as you would on your own. And it, it makes you another person. It brings you into a depth of maturity. Um, and um, when we got married, I, I mean, when I got before I was married, um, you couldn't see the, my carpet on the bed, in my bedroom. You couldn't, you couldn't see the carpet. There were things, stuff everywhere, clothes, stuff, just, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'd go, I, would go into, I would go into my kids' rooms and go like that. But secretly, I'm, I'm smugly smiling because they were never as messy as I was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but... You, you get married and you come back and you realise, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> Just So the presence of somebody else changes everything. Yeah. The presence of God in your life changes everything. He is, the, he is the cornerstone. Jesus Christ, he is the cornerstone of your faith. And Jesus said that when I go to the Father, I, I will send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Christ, to be with you. And if the Holy Spirit is with you, then the spirit of Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone of your life, he carries with you, changes everything you do, changes everything you think and say. You get up in the morning, you're walking down the street, you're just thinking just human thoughts. Let's not call them carnal because carnal sounds like, a a definition of carnal is, is something which is like just wicked or ungodly. But And for the most part, we don't think wicked or ungodly thoughts. I think sometimes we do <laughs> when, uh, when, when somebody's irritated us. We think really ungodly thoughts, but... <laughs> or maybe that's just me. And, uh, 
But for the most part, we're just thinking normal thoughts. But when Jesus is with you, even your normal thoughts, even your daily thoughts change to the thoughts of what is Jesus saying to me? It changes everything. It's presence. It's a presence culture. And I want you to understand that if I can do anything as a pastor in this church, if I can do anything, it's to lead the church into a place where his presence fills his house. Because if, if, we, if we have worship and his presence is here and, and the congregation meet with God and know his presence and they walk out with his presence and his parents' presence and his parents. <laughs> he didn't have any parents. <laughs> and his presence goes with us home. Then whatever else happened in church, we've done what we were called to do. Which is, is to introduce people to the Saviour and understand that the Saviour is here to restore, to build, and to radically transform our lives. And I really believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit changes us, transforms us. I, I want to speak this morning about, this evening even, about becoming, the, the idea of freedom. I've called this Sun, the sun sets you free. When I was a kid growing up, um, my father, as a cabinet maker, he had his workshop and um, his workshop was filled with just the most fabulous things. He had just racks of tools, hand tools, cabinet making tools on the wall and power tools and um, huge great machines and lathes and mortises and um, and um, tenoners and and just these enormous machines he had he had just and and I would walk in there and then he had racks and racks of timber some of those timbers were 40 50 years old and he was just saving them for that special moment and and he would just have these timbers and and I would walk in and I would but the the workshop was a mystery to me it was a mystery. He would, he would go in there and I didn't know what anything did. I, I didn't know what his tools did. He, he had a whole area that looked like a, a chemist's sort of uh, storeroom and it was all his polishes and, and, his, and his lacquers and waxes and, and stains and he would, have, um, he would have all these different powders that he would colour the, the uh, stains with and he could change the, the colour of everything and, and he knew exactly what to do with all of it and it was, it was a mystery. So I had, I had access to the workshop but the workshop was a mystery yeah. and because it was a mystery there wasn't anything I could, I could do there yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my father would go in there and when he had, sometimes he would just be in there for days and he would come in and he would always be back in for a cup of tea and he would always be there for meals. Uh, meal time, he'd never missed a meal time. Uh, and uh, it was critical that everyone came together when my dad came in to sit down. If, nobody, if, if we weren't there when he was sitting down, we knew. And, uh, and uh, we would all gather together at, at meal times. And, but he would just go, and then, and then what would happen is that he would produce the most beautiful 
the most beautiful pieces of furniture, most extraordinary work. And sometimes it would be an antique restoration. I remember him grabbing, taking these, this furniture that had been de- half destroyed in a fire and they wanted to rebuild. And so my father just restored all this burnt furniture and it was, it was charred. And then it came out and it was perfect. And you couldn't see, you couldn't see where this char. How did you do? I still don't know to this day, because I was a child when he did it, and I, I don't know what he did, <laughs> and how he restored all this beautiful furniture, and how he made new furniture, and and the the, the perfect sheen, and 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 polish, and and finish of every kind, and, and we would just marvel at what he produced, um, but I have no idea how he did it. But as I got older. I began to learn the secrets of his workshop and I began, he, he taught me how to use, one of the first things he taught me was how to get a big, what they call a boat plane, which is a wooden plane, um, it's about this big, and he just taught me how to hold it and how to just glide it, I would, he would just glide and then wood would just roll off the top and I would get it and go clunk <laughs> and dig a big chunk out the top and, and uh, so he taught me how to plane. Just how to plane, just getting a feel for the wood. How to plane straight. Once you've learned how to plane, how to plane straight. (laughs) 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 Tim doesn't do that, you know. And I began to learn the secrets of the workshop. I began to learn the ways of the workshop. So now I had access, but not only access, I had power. Mm. And I need you to understand that that when you get born again, you get born again into a kingdom that doesn't just give you access, but it gives you power. Now, the problem is that most Christians come to church and they sit in church. And as I think the way it may be even the the way we do church, but people just marvel at what God does. That's amazing. How does that work? No idea. No idea. Well, that isn't liberty. It's not liberty if you don't know how it works. You may have, you may enjoy the liberty of the environment, but if you, you are not at liberty to, to be a partaker of what the church can produce, then you have no liberty at all. It's no different to a poor man, um, who has no choice. A poor man, I think a poor man in a rich country is as poor as a poor man in a poor country. (laughs) It's like, if you're poor, you have no choice. That's what poverty does. It takes away, it takes away the power of choice and the ability to do. But the kingdom of God, we know, makes us rich. And if we are to become rich, rich is the power to do whatever we need to. That's, that's the liberty of wealth. To be able to just do what, what it is in your heart. And I believe in a kingdom that makes us free. It says in John eight thirty four, Jesus responded. He says, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever. But a son does remain forever. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you really will be free or you will be free indeed. And you know, to understand the power of what Christ has opened up to us, 
We must possess the liberty that he's given us. I've, if, every, if any verse has irritated me as a Christian, the, the, are there verses in the Bible that irritate you? Just, come on, let's be honest. Come on. You read it and you go, hmm. Because when you read it, you love what it says, but you somehow feel like you can't get a grasp of what it is. It's annoying. This one's annoying. He who sunsets free is free indeed. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free. You're free indeed. So what is that? I spent years wondering, what? Is that freedom? What is the freedom? And you see, see, liberty is more than the access. It is the power to be able to do everything that he has enabled us to do. That's liberty. So it says in John 16 this. John 16 verse 13. I'm going to be preaching a lot from John, by the way. Over the next few, however long that is. But, but John, the Gospel of John, from around chapter 12 onwards, Jesus unloads to his disciples some of them, the most profound, important. It's one of the, the greatest discourse um, in, in the Bible because Jesus just unloads what church life is to be. In John 16, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he is. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Now, liberty... I, I, I need you to understand this scripture. Um, and if you can bear with me while I'm going through this. In verse, we're going to work backwards. Jesus says in verse 15, everything the Father has is mine. There's, quite, there's a profound moment right there, isn't there? As a child, everything my Father had became mine. Everything in the workshop became mine. You understand me? So Jesus says, everything the Father has is mine. When he says this, it's like a bomb going off. Because the disciples are like, what do you mean? You mean everything? Jesus says, everything the Father has, yeah, it's all mine. It's all mine. Everything the Father has. So the question is, what does the Father have? Well, the Father has the whole universe and everything in it. I mean, he has the whole, he has every planet, right? <laughs> he has every planetary system. <laughs> Jesus says, yeah, it's all mine. Everything the Father has, it's mine. Imagine everything here on the stage was everything in the world. It's a bit, it's a very, it's a very poor world. <laughs> Anyway, so everything, and Jesus goes, yeah, it's all mine. Getting the grip of that because we have to understand that Jesus 
See, understanding liberty, we've got, to, we've got to get a hold of this. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he did not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will declare to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit has been released for us to hear what is, what belongs, what Jesus owns. Now, I, I, I want you to see this. He says, he will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Now, Jesus has just said that what's his is what everything the Father had. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, Jesus, he was the Son of God. Right? He's the Son of God. And he gave up, he gave up his ownership of everything and became the son of man. Yeah. Now, as the son of man, doesn't doesn't own anything because he's now man. But in his obedience that goes through to the cross and the total victory upon the cross, his whole life, by the way, was a victory leading to the final victory, which was the cross. So while he's living his life, he's possessing everything that God gave to man. In the Garden of Eden, God says to Adam, everything is yours. Everything's yours. And Adam trades that everything for an apple. Maybe it was a peach. We don't know. It was a... <laughs> he trades it for a fruit. And he trades his authority, his rulership, and it's kind of like, it's a, it's a trick deal. It's a, it's a con. He, he trades everything for the fruit. Just that, that knowledge, that information, that I want to know. There's a lot of people in the world still trading, giving up godly lifestyle, trading it, because they just want to know what, what would happen. What would happen? And they, they fall into the... It's like people who, who get trapped in drug addiction. It's, I'm trading my liberty not doing drugs. I'm going to trade it to find out what it's like. And then they become a slave of it. They traded their liberty. And so that's basically what Adam did. But Adam traded everything because he owned everything. So Adam trades everything. And Jesus comes back and he possesses back everything through his obedience to the Father. And he says to them, I own everything. Everything is mine as the Son of Man. So now... As the son of God, he already owns everything. But now as the son of man, he now also owns everything. And it's critical as man he owns it. Because without him as man owning it, we get to possess nothing. Now because we are his, or he is our older brother, because he is our brother, we are now able to possess everything that he has. Because he's family. Just like I was in the workshop, my father had a workshop, everything in it was mine. But it was also my brother's. Everything in there was my my brother's. And we all used the tools that my father had 
because they were ours. And so Jesus, he takes ownership of this and he says, he will take from what is mine and he will declare it to you. Now, we've we got to understand that, that when, the, when Jesus when Jesus took ownership of everything, you've you got to understand, when Jesus took ownership, we took ownership too. I don't know who won the last World Cup. Not really into football that much. Um, anyone know who won the World Cup? Was it Germany? Germany? Eh? Germany. Okay, so Germany won. There's the surprise. So, so Germany won the World Cup, right? Germany didn't win the World Cup, right? 11 German men won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah some of them Polish. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sore point, is it? <laughs> so, so Germany didn't win the World Cup. 11 German, some Polish men. <laughs> win the World Cup. And the rest of Germany goes, we won the World Cup. The whole world says, Germany won the World Cup. Because 11 men won the World Cup. Jesus Christ won the world. And because we are of his kingdom, of his nation, we win the world too, because he won the world. And so, we have to understand the power of that inheritance. If, you, if you're going to know liberty, you've got to know the power of inheritance because a powerless life is not free. It is a slave. Yeah. It is, you, can come, you, can, you can stand in amazement at what the kingdom of God produces, but if you can't participate in that production, then all you will ever do is marvel yeah. and go, wow, that was amazing. Like a child, as a child, I would marvel. But as an adult, I became a partaker of my father's creations. And I learned how to make alongside him. And so, Jesus says that everything that I have, the spirit of God will declare to you. Now, I I need you to get this, right? The spirit of God will declare to you. Jesus owns everything. He owns everything on this stage, right? This wooden guitar. He owns it, but he's going to declare it to you. He's not going to give it to you. Well, what does that mean? He's going to declare it to you. He's not going to give it to you. How does that? See, Jesus, the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, right? The Word, Jesus is the Word of God. The Word became flesh. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, and it became flesh. So the Word of God that is spoken of your life is the Word, is Jesus Christ residing in you, becoming flesh through you. His word, and the Bible says that 
The word of God is a seed. I spoke this morning and I spoke about the seed of the word of God, which is implanted into the ground. And there are different kinds of soil, but in most in the Christian soil, the type of ground that's defined as the Christian soil is the soil where where people, they, the word, it grows quickly, but other cares of this world grow up around and strangle it, right? So the seed is the word of God. You're still with me? I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible. So, so Jesus, the word, the spirit says that the word will be declared to you. Everything that is mine will be declared to you. In other words, his word is spoken a seed into your life. Liberty is knowing how to take the word and let it germinate what he achieved in your life. Let the germination of the spirit of God begin to flow through your life. You see, when we, when we give our life to God, the Holy Spirit germinates the word of God and begins to produce a life that lives for God. Are you with me? He germinates it on the inside. I was driving home this afternoon from church and driving home. I was listening to Gardner's Question Time. And uh, I switched it off after about five minutes. But I heard some interesting things in the meantime. And, and one of the questions was, um, it was fascinating, it was from the southeast. So all these people were going, oh, I know where that is. And uh, so this lady from a small town called Forest Row, which is very close to where the books Winnie the Pooh were written. And uh, so, just in case you needed to know. And so Forest Row and... Um, so she said, I've got a mango seed and it's rooted and I've put it in some soil and put it in the airing cupboard, but nothing's happened. And they're all going, the first thing, the, the, the gardener says, well, I've grown many mango seeds. And um, he says, the first thing is, he said, you say it's rooted. He said, it hasn't rooted, it's sprouted. He says, you put it in upside down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sprout, not a, it's not a seed, it's a sprout. You're upside down too. It needs light, not darkness. <laughs> you could hear this, you could hear the room. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and basically this woman had received a seed, got a seed that's already begun to germinate but she sticks it in a, in, a, in a pot upside down and then puts it in a dark airing cupboard. The only good thing about it is it's warm, but it's not, other than that, nothing's going to happen because it's in a place of darkness. See, the word of God, the Holy Spirit has been placed and is germinating in your heart, but you have to open your heart to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, let his worship, which is why this house is going to be a worshipping house like we've never seen, because worship pours his light into your life and the germination begins to begin to grow in your life. You see, there is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh that men and women may minister the things of God. 
healing power, leadership, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of encouragement and restoration, a ministry of pastoral care, a ministry of discipleship and leading people to Christ, a ministry of miracles. God says you can have all of these things, but you will receive them. The power is in knowing how to do it. What do I do? That's like me walking into the workshop and seeing power tools all across the wall and going, apparently I'm allowed to use them, but I'm frightened of putting the switch on that thing. (laughs) I'm allowed it, but I don't know what to do with it. I walk into the workshop, but I, I don't know what I want to do with it. I, I want to under, you to understand that the church is the workshop of the Holy Spirit. And in this workshop, or in this, I'm using a lot of metaphors, okay. So in this, in this workshop, in this nursery, is a, is a seed has been planted. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring forth and know that if he has spoken miracles over your life, then he spoke Seed miracles, not completed miracles. If he spoke that there is a call of God on your life to minister, then he spoke a seed, not the end time ministry. I received when I was 11 the call of God to, to preach the gospel. When I was 11, I wanted to preach and minister. But at 11 years of age, I was still stealing stuff from the shop down the road and selling it to my mates at high school. There was, there was a seed and there was a lot of darkness. It was, the seed was there. I just stuffed it upside down and put it in the air and covered. At the age of 15... I get baptized and at 16, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and I begin to see the transformation of the seed that was sown at 11 begins to just grow and poke its little baby head out of the ground and I begin to, but I'm still not a preacher. At 20, at uh, 20 years of age, uh, 2021, Sharon and I become Young adults, leaders, but we're still not, by this time, I've heard the call of God to plant churches across Europe. Got it written out, that was when I was 17. But it was a seed. See, everything God gives you, he gives you. See, you've got to understand the liberty that you're looking for. Everything you're asking God for is a seed. He's put that seed in you, the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to germinate everything that he's placed upon you and bring forth a new harvest. And never speak over your heart and say, I'm too, the Bible says to, um, uh, is it Jeremiah? I'm too young. Says Jer- Jeremiah says, I'm, I'm too young. Never say you're too young and never say you're too old. We've got an old ash tree in the garden that it was, it was a dead stump when we moved into the house. Um, and it had, it was, it's, it's a dead stump and hollow through the middle. And, uh, and the only reason why it wasn't chopped down completely, because it, it just looks beautiful and it's a place for the birds to nest. 
Today, that dead stump is an incredible ash tree (laughs) that has literally come back to life. Somewhere in there is life. You see, you see, the spirit of God can can germinate seed even in even in the, the, the deadest of hearts. The thing that had been, the tree had obviously been huge. The, the top of it's gone. Well, now this thing is just huge, but it's coming up. It's a different tree now than what it was, but it's alive again. You see, see, liberty, true liberty is knowing what to do with the tools in the workshop. True liberty is knowing how to produce the, 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 the seed and to produce life. Jesus is the seed, the word of God that is spoken into our hearts. And that seed will produce incredible harvest. Tonight, as we be, uh, come into a place of worship, we're going to sing that song again. We're going to sing that song, um, eight Gates Are Opening. And as we begin to sing, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to germinate the seed that's in our hearts that we might do good things, great things for God. And it may be, it may be that in your life, it may be that perhaps you've never really fully known the full liberty and freedom of knowing Jesus Christ. And here is the amazing miracle. If you know, give your heart to Jesus Christ, he doesn't just invite you into his workshop. He plants within you the seed form of knowledge and know how to use those tools. I learn on a daily basis with my father how to use those tools, when to use them when not to use them, what I should do, how I should use them, how to polish, how to take just a piece of wood and turn it into something that looks like glass with a deep, deep patina that just shines forth with the depth of the grain and the incredible reflection of light that just reflects off the different grain as as it runs through the timber. The, the beauty of it. My father would just show me with a cotton wool, a piece of cotton wool and a bit of lacquer and he would just, he would just run his hand down the, down the timber and then he would run back again the other way but a gap in between. He would just so it was lacquer, timber, lacquer and then he would come down and he would go down the middle and there would be no lines and I would do it and I would go... <laughs> And he go, yeah, no, it's like this. And he would do it again. And eventually, I just learned to take a piece of cotton wool and a bit of lacquer. and oh, That's what he did. That's what he did. You see, see, God's put a seed in your heart to grow. That we learn the ways of God. To learn his ways. Yet I, I need you to understand that there are miracles waiting to break out. In this place, how many, how many trees in a sycamore? A sycamore seed. I used to play with sycamores because you play helicopters with sycamore seeds because they. And we would go up as high a place as we could and we'd flick them out and just see our father go. But sycamore trees uh, seeds are absolutely like they just they just grow everywhere. Um, 
But how many, how many sycamores in one sycamore seed? Probably billions, right? Probably billions. Because you only need one tree and then it will produce, that one seed will produce a tree with literally hundreds of thousands of seeds, if not millions on a, on a mature tree. And those millions will produce, every single one of them, if given an opportunity, will produce a sycamore tree. Literally, one seed will produce billions. See, what God has produced in you, there is no, the seed he's put in you, there's no limit to it. There's no limit to what God has put in you. But, but he did put a seed and not the finished article. This is, this is the awesomeness of the Spirit of God. That he who begun a good work in me will carry it through to the day of completion. He will mature me in his kingdom and we will see how to work all of the things that he has given us. There are miracles in this house. There's breakthrough in this house. There's businesses and prosperity in this house. There, is, there, are, there are people here with words of knowledge. There are people here ministering uh, with, with great power, opportunity to just, just pray for people around you and see miracles. Just miracles, opportunity to see healing. You don't need a, a church service to pray for the sick. I've seen, I've seen many, many miracles laying hands on people that wasn't in church, wasn't with a crowd, just in the streets. One of them was in a car park, <laughs> in the middle of a car park. Watched a guy's face dis, dis, no, didn't disappear. <laughs> and what a guy's face had been slashed open. I saw the wound disappear disappeared what does God put in your heart his word is in your heart word is in your heart word is in your heart the word is Jesus Christ Jesus ministered healing everywhere his word is in your heart Jesus is in your heart the seed of Jesus Christ growing up inside of you taking possession of this earthen vessel Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.